Hello and welcome to the SBNY Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. The Sports Blog New York Podcast can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, as well as Google Play. If you have not done so already, please don't forget to subscribe to this very podcast. And if you feel so kind, don't forget to leave a rating and review on any of those apps at iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, or Google Play. Let us know what you think of the pod, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. Leave some stars, a little review. We appreciate every listener. Today on The Bill, we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, not a whole lot going on. I mean, baseball's back in the swing of things. We got Knicks making a new hire. They now have a GM in place under Steve Mills. And also, we got this McGregor, McGregor, McGregor Mayweather thing going on here. Is it fun? Eh, I don't know. We're going to get into it. I got my friend Alec Argento coming in. First pod in a while. But first, we got to do a word from our presenting sponsor. Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel. It has the lowest prices, two to three week turnaround, every sport and any design you can imagine. Check them out at WooterApparel.com or on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Wooter Apparel. That's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel.com. Go check them out. See what they're working with. And the best part is use discount code SBNY at your purchase for a special discount. And again, that's discount code SBNY. As always, shout out to Wooter Apparel. But without further ado, bringing my guest. He's actually had a little hiatus going. So he's back. Alec Argento in the house for the podcast. Talk some Yankees. Talk some basketball. Talk whatever we want, really. But how you doing? What do you got to say to the podcast? Uh, listeners here, you haven't been here just, in a while. Just saying, you can't really question my commitment. I'm not watching the Yankees Red Sox game Sunday night baseball because of this. So, I mean, you're keeping up. You're keeping an eye, aren't you? No, I can't. It's uh, it's not. It's forbidden. I'll watch ESPN because of stupid blackouts. Because money hungry fat cats in suits. I see how you really <laughs> feel. I'm glad to hear. It. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You know that the Yankees were actually doing really well last time we we did the pod together. They were, you know, top of the AL East, talk of the town. They still are the talk of the town, but you can no longer say they're the top of the at least. And no, I gotta give you, place. I want to give you the floor, and we're gonna get into the Knicks stuff. We're gonna get into McGregor Mayweather stuff a little bit, maybe if we feel like it, and some other stuff as well. But I want to give you the floor first because you had a different opinion a couple months ago of the Yankees and where they were and your confidence level moving forward. So I'm gonna give you the floor. How have the last two months gone for you as a huge Yankees fan? As you are, what I expected. Um, I, I mean, I didn't expect all the injuries we had, and I kind of. I'm happy they, I know it's weird to say, but I'm happy they kind of all doubled up on each other and it was all at once. Um, but, you know, this is a team that's not ready to compete for a championship yet, but you still have to be really happy with what happened this year. Um, all of the people you need to be doing well are doing well. Uh, it's not them that are, that are issues. I mean, like Pineda, Tanaka, Sabat, well, Sabathia's having a great year, but Pineda and Tanaka, they're done. Uh, well, I guess we still have... Uh, Tanaka under contract because he's going to opt in because he's not going to make the money he thought he was going to make. True. Which is going to be miserable, but maybe we can get him for a bargain for the next two years and he's go back to the form. Um, well, he has, he has, he has uh, another good half a season though to play, you know? I know what I, what I wanted to do by giving you the floor of that too is basically like, you were on point with this almost. Yeah, you can't change expectations. Like you said, you didn't call the injuries, but you were saying when the Yankees were on top of the AL East and all Yankee fans were out there high and mighty, I, I'm not expecting this team to be a true playoff contender until I see them go 20 games above 500, or they're still this good at the end of the season. You expected a dip, and I think Yankee fans kind of forgot that, you know, this is reality. And you don't hit 330 and bat, hit 30 home runs all the time. Aaron Judge is doing fantastic, but as a team, they had to cool off, and it happens. Well, the problem is, what, what, what I'm still really happy about, though, is that the players you didn't expect to be doing well are the ones that are doing well. And, and all, the, all the older people that you, you know, you thought you were going to have a great season out of Tanaka. You thought your bullpen was going to be great. Those are the issues. I mean, it's not, the, the, the loss record in the past month or so is a little deceiving because they've been losing all their games one by one or two runs because of the bullpen. They gave up so many leads. They've, I, I don't, they've may, may, maybe gotten smacked around maybe like three times in that whole period. Everything else was just, you know, blown saves or one nothing losses and, Right, Stuff and some like of that. some of their wins sprinkled in were big wins. Yeah, it's just that's how they kind of well they kind of operate like that all year. I mean, it's a lot of um, big wins, tiny losses, like you know, and that the tiny losses add up. I mean, you right, know, you lose by one run, it's still going to count the column, which is killing us. But uh, I don't know. It's I'm not really 
worried about it because I'm not. I never expected them to do anything this year. And and, and I told you the only time you can change that expectation is when they're twenty games over five hundred. Or it's already I, September and you're there. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even look at the the Rays are ahead of us in the standings as we speak. I'm not really worried about the Rays. I, I, they're, they're not going to be... I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. It's almost surprising that they're there. But it's not, though, because the baseball season is just so long. People are going to ho- uh, hop over each other. They're going to leapfrog each other. just how it works. I mean, Ebbs and flows yeah. is the truest thing of baseball. And, I mean, I always stand by that. Um, especially when you know what some of these teams are and some, you, you can't predict some of these the players are. There's no, there's no way of predicting baseball. It just doesn't happen. It's the only sport that you can say with confidence you have no confidence in. Like it's just it's it's impossible. I mean, last year the White Sox were like in we're at this point we're in like first place. Everyone thought there might be a, a all Chicago uh, World Series. That clearly didn't happen. Not even close. By actually. the way, we <laughs> talked about, talk about that trade for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we'll bring it up. Well, first off, let's let's uh, just I have one more point to make sure, on the Yankees here. So you can say in hindsight that the All Star break happened at the perfect time. Realistically, the perfect time was Colin maybe like three, back, yeah. it was maybe three weeks ago. But you know, better late than never is what I'm saying. Yeah. So this this Red Sox series going on right now is obviously a big one. Every game against the Red Sox is a big game. If they're playing the second half of the doubleheader now, as we speak, I mean, the listeners will know by the time they're listening to this podcast, Sports Blog New York podcast. What podcast? Sports Blog New York. You have any sponsors? You ever heard of it? You have any sponsors that like do apparel and stuff? Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe Wooter. Never really heard of Oof. it though. I needed some sports equipment and jerseys and stuff. I would totally go to Wooter. That's that's just, nice. Of you. Just saying. Would you use discount code SBNY? I I actually wouldn't. I'd pay full price. Oh okay. And just because. I but, feel like I had to go uh, all the way with that one. <laughs> Once we started, we kind of went like we jumped into a into a ship that sailed away. We had to finish our trip. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I have no idea what you're saying. But, you <laughs> I, don't, know. I don't remember what we were even talking about now. If I was no. gonna buy some clothes, I I, I sure Wooter use Wooter. <laughs> That didn't worry. In my head, it sounded really good, though. Yeah, I'm glad. It was good in my head. Hopefully, all the listeners are in your head, so <laughs> tell me well, about just that. Just go in there. But yeah. Back in time. <laughs> so, I don't remember what we're talking about, but this is what I'm going to ask you. Sure. So, your expectations were able to kind of steady through the drought that was uh, the past month and a half. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, when you're playing a team like the Red Sox, how important do you think it is for this team to win... This series, you're on the road. You don't need to win. It's a four game series. If you could split it, so that's kind of my that's point. Like, to win. how imperative is this first series? Because I feel like fans are going to react pretty uh, rapidly to this one. Like, as soon as this series ends, if they lose this game on Sunday night, which, like I said, we don't know yet, or if they win, I feel like Yankee fans are going to go real high or low. And I feel like people need to relax and remember that it's just the first series out of the All Star break, and they're already showing more signs of life than they had before. Just by virtue just of the this fact, one series. Just by virtue of the fact that you have Holiday and Castro back, who are two huge pieces of your offense, two huge run producers for that offense, back is really promising. I mean, it, they split the series already. Whatever happens in this game, they still split the series on the road in Fenway against the division leader. That's a win. And they, sh- they, they shouldn't have lost that first game, but unfortunately, um, uh, I, I hate Dylan Batances and Aroldis Chapman and will hate them until they're off the team. And I, I've been saying it for... Since they traded Andrew Miller, I wish it was Patances who went. Um, but this bullpen is just—they're the two same—they're two of the same types of pitchers right. who can't command the strike zone, and that will be the demise of us. And I still think we're going to be a playoff team. We're going to be a wild card team. That's what I think. Right. Um, that, Which is playoff adjacent, in your opinion? Am I wrong? Well, if you if you get past that for your playoff team, right? Yeah. You know, and I think that they, they they do match up well in a one game series because they'll have Severino who's. Been amazing this year, and they, have, and they have people who can hit the ball. Yeah, which is not what they've had last time. I mean, they've had the ace, but you could have Tanaka go out there and lose. Dallas so, Tyson. so what's your what's your new point? What's your new tipping point for the Yankees? Where you say, I'm confident in this team now. It hasn't changed. Twenty games above five hundred. Twenty games. And where are they at now? About five. Uh, I believe they were six games over this morning at, at the beginning of the uh, doubleheader. Okay, so believe you so. know, you're you need them to be. On it. You need to you need them to hit another big streak for you guys for you to say which can totally this is happen. a real playoff. Yeah, team. look at the Indians last year; it could, it could happen. That's true. They won, they won like fifteen in a row, and then they got the first. If you can go on a tear like that at the end of the season, you're going to be probably World Series. So, does that mean that there's any hope for the Mets? <laughs> Honestly, dude, after two years was it two years ago when they went to the World Series or three years two ago? Two years ago, that that team should not have been in the playoffs alone. Uh, let alone be go to the World Series, like so you never know. You, it's, it's. I, I always say this, like you, you want to just, it's like, you never want to be undefeated. You never want to have a big winning streak going into into the West, but you want to have the momentum going in. That's a little bit broken, and you take it from there, because that's how you. Like, you can't go undefeated, and you can't. Um, 
uh, go in there with a huge streak or anything like that. So just get Yeah, it always seems like in the sports like football and baseball, it's if you're on fire, just like the best team yeah. at the end of the season, you can't carry it all the way through the end. No, you you want to peak at the right time and then give a little give yourself a little bit of a break, a little breather. Yeah, but I mean, you know, playing playing uh, catch up the entire season, it's tough. I mean, I watched the Yankees do it last year. I'm so wait, so what do you what do you, you you kind of just said the Mets are like not out of it? I don't I don't think anyone's out of it. I mean, they are, but uh, just just because they have no talent on that team. Um, and they don't. For, why is Ahmed Rosario not not up in the majors when they have only injuries? Like every other team, when they have injuries, you see like the, the young kids play. Like they call people up. They're just using their bench people. Out. It's ridiculous. It, why is Ahmed Rosario, the second best prospect in baseball, not playing in the majors yet on a team that doesn't matter anymore? It makes you, no sense. You're venting for Mets fans. I mean, I, I don't. I don't baseball. know. I don't know any Mets fans. So if you are a Mets fan that doesn't think Ahmed Rosario should be called up, please tweet at me because you shouldn't exist. I, I usually get no tweets when I say that anyway. <laughs> But now I definitely know because there's no tangible reason on why. Actually, maybe the only reason is very tangible, like specific. You wanted to give him this much time before the season, so you're not wavering, or no, but like you're it's, not, it's you not don't even... think he's old enough. Maybe there is something specific the team doesn't want to give up uh, early on, or not bring him up early on. But every other reason, every other train of thought, leads to why the hell is he not here yet? You want to reward your prospects with playing time for doing a good job. I mean, that's important. It helps them in their, um, you know, in their development. Confidence? Yeah, 100%. What does he have left to prove? He's, he's destroying the, the, the minors. And he's, he's bad. He just went on, apparently, like a tough 15 at-bats, like one for 15 or something like that, and is still batting 330. But what's crazy <laughs> is, though, his, his, he's crushing his, it. His whole, uh, his, like, sweet spot was never, his whole drawing point it was never his offense. It was his defense. So that he, if he could produce at the offensive level that he's doing right now, and that team is dog shit like it is, why why have they not brought him up and let him develop, let him get his feet wet? Are they waiting for the team to be good before, like, maybe they don't want to throw him into a dumpster fire? But it's not going to be good unless you get players like him into the majors. I, just... my, my thing is, too, and I mean, look at the Yankees as an example with Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge getting their time last year. Just them, but this year. Major League at-bats help you no matter what. Like if you are Even if you're struggling. If you're trying to be a major league hitter, it helps to see major league pitching. No I matter know. you're on a bad team or if you're on a good team. If you see, you know, ninety five every single night with people who can put the ball where they want it, you're gonna get become a better hitter. And when the time is right where you need to be a good team, you'll have more experience. I think it's simple. I think it'll be an absolute travesty if he doesn't get called up this year. But you have to uh, well, expect them point, now, to bring him up at some point soon. Now, now at this point, I don't think they will because the, the, you know remember what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant, where they let him like start. Like, they put, he played like, two months in the minors, even though he was completely MLB ready, just so they can get an extra year of team control. Yeah, that happens. I think two months into the season, so they He's already passed that. Right? So a lot of people thought like, all right, they're just going to wait for that to happen. Uh, this year, and then they'll call him up, and it didn't happen. So now at this point, you might as well wait till next season and do it because what's what's the point? You don't want like the playing time. You, you want to make sure you have him under team control because he's good. But so you're not, and that's you, I guess that comes down to what I've said before about the tangible reason. Yeah, like, that's yeah, a tangible reason. No, Every other have, thinking point would say they didn't let's need get to have that experience. reason. Though. Like they, they created their own problem. Like that wasn't a problem before, and now they made it a problem. It's just that whole organization or like their development structure and their managerial front office stuff is just. It's it's backwards and it, it, it frustrates me to watch as just a baseball fan. You know, and it's tough because Sandy Alderson is, I think, a pretty good GM. He makes moves. He makes them when he needs I to. Think he's a pretty good GM. Yeah. He's done a good job with this team. I mean, he got them to a World Series. He got them in the playoffs last year. He's gotten some big names. So, you can't really be upset with him. But then, like silly things like this and silly things like handling people's injuries, it's just frustrating for a Mets fan. And I mean, you said this today um, when we were eating some lunch. You're like. You know, Yankees fans can be great, but they can also be some of the worst fans ever because they're they're used to winning and they're used to yeah, class, and they're they don't know what it's like to be in the slums. Mets fans have to endure this all the time. I mean, uh, I know people who are just miserable every summer because the Mets make them miserable, but make them com- it, confused. It's like, it's like the Knicks. It's like, all right. So for well, I'll give two points right here. So, like the Yankees always used to have this this uh, reputation that. Why, like, not that they're rewarding their players, it's different, but they used to. Why would a minor league player try his hardest to get up there? Because he's never going to have a spot because he'll just get a big free agent or something like that. Now they've changed our reputation. The Mets, in my opinion, is like where they get good talent goes to die because the training staff and, and, and the manager and, and the front office are just going to ruin your But career. I have a thing on that. I have a hard time 
blaming the training staff. It's like I don't. No, I, I think I don't, well, like, not no, I understand why people jump there, but this like hear me out. There's like a bunch of people who work for the Mets training staff, obviously, right? We don't know any of them. They might be good at their job, and like one like the players aren't doing a good job taking care of themselves. It's actually just a bunch of bad luck. How do you just jump to blaming these humans that you don't even know? Because because, <laughs> because it's not an isolated case. It happens over and over and over again with all their top talent, and and um, it, that that's what I was uh, what I wanted to say though before. But the, my other point with the Knicks, it's like I also have I, I that also frustrates me because I, I have that feeling with the Knicks every year with with, it, with for Met, how Mets fans feel all the time and a lot of Mets fans and Knicks fans too. But just and Jets fans, it's just this constant knowing that this year. I'm gonna go into it. Those first that month before the season starts, and the first two weeks while the season's going, I'm like, "This is gonna be our year. We're gonna do it. It's, we're, we're gonna go all the way this year. We finally put it together. They're not gonna do everything that they've always done. I'm doing that with the Knicks right now too. Yeah, and that, that, that's the funny part. You and I are the same on this because I on a podcast from two weeks ago with Joe Calabrese, just after um, you know free agency really started kicking off, we said the same thing. We started talking about the Knicks roster. We were like. Oh, you know, they put this here, they put that there. And I was like, dude, are, aren't we doing it again? Aren't we doing it to ourselves? <laughs> We're just talking about how the Knicks are bad and they're going to be hopefully getting a good lottery pick. And then we talk about, like, a guy on their roster, like, but what if he does this? And what if he does that? And all of a sudden, Knicks fans have themselves in the playoffs. And we're guilty of it sometimes, too. But Knicks, net, net, uh, Jets, and Mets fans do this all the time, and you're right. Every year. We always can convince ourselves to say, but maybe if this works this right way... We're gonna have this awesome run, and we'll no, none of us will see it coming. It'll be amazing. I'm just thinking to myself. Like, it happens every year. I'm like maybe I'm like Scott Perry. Everyone talks about how great he is, and then I, I I'm, I'm I'm hyping myself up on him, and then I remember Steve Mills is still our president. Steve Mills has been responsible for like 106 and 250 record since he's the only two good seasons we had was when Steve uh, in the past like 20 years is when Steve Mills wasn't on the team. So what do I think? And James Dolan is James Dolan is still the owner. Why do I think that this GM? Is going to bring a culture change, like they keep saying. Is I just buy into the, into the propaganda. I feel like it's it's like we're just being force fed this information. I'm like, I really wanted Dennis Smith Jr. and I got Frank Nealakina. I'm like, I hate Frank Nealakina. Then I look at his hype video. I'm like, all right, well he he's gonna be the future of this team. Gotta give him a couple years of development. I look at I look at Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract, which is a horrible contract. I'm like, well Tim Hardaway is really good. I enjoy him. And like he may have only started thirty games in, in the NBA in the past four years, um, but maybe he could earn that seventy one million co- dollar contract. Like when Steph Curry got his contract, and yeah, right, and, and he was thought oh, of like it was a higher risk. Ron Baker's contract, nine million dollars when they he was a restricted free agent, so they didn't need they outbid themselves. But I'm like, all right, well, he's a really good hustle player, and he's I, I sell myself. And he moves the ball. He's probably going to be a better shooter than he was last year. He's going to be. Ron Baker's going to be our starting point guard for the start of the season. It's the most laughable thing in the world. But I'm like, this is a good season. Like this, we're going to get rid of Melo. We're going to get some props. We're going to get swindled in this Melo deal. This Melo if deal. If he even gets traded now. Oh, and he's probably not going to because now he's openly said how badly he wants to be in Houston, and they'll probably not because of that. They actually won't get rid of him, and we'll just be a disgruntled mellow for the rest of the year. It's so frustrating, but I still think this season, while the East is soft, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yes. this is the season where yes, <laughs> this is great. We we'll stop you for a second, so we'll probably get back to we're probably not going to get back to some Yankee stuff. Maybe we talked a good amount about it. This is so funny. We do it all the time. Remember <laughs> last year. Derek Rose, Derek Rose, and Joe Noah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong on this one. I tried to defend Joe Kim Noah's contract last year. Hot take, Petey. I tried to defend it. Didn't work out. Obviously, I've gone way, way past. Like oh, I'm over it. I, I messed up. You know what are you gonna do? It's not like everyone knew what? that was the one contract. Let's look back. Let's look back to the contract. I mean, not to the contract. To the, before the year. Derek Rose is in town. You know, he actually got some spring back last year. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's going to be a good scorer. KP's he in was a good too. scorer. He just didn't want to pass it out. Right. Noah's going to bring culture change, even if he's not as great <laughs> on the court. We convinced ourselves last year. Then they're uh, like 15 and 12 or whatever they are, and they're in third place in the East after a month and a half. And we're like, yo, we're going to be on the top five seed no matter what. And then they lost five seeds, four seeds. games in a row under two minutes left in the game. And then all of a sudden I was like, all right, let's keep losing. We're going to get a great pick this year. Uh, <laughs> let me fuck that up. And we still can't get anything right so no matter what happens we're gonna be in october next year and we're gonna start saying yo 
Knicks are opening up. I love how this <laughs> roster came together. The rookies look good. I'll, I'll probably say that Damian Dotson, the, their second round pick, is like the second coming, and he's a second round pick who's probably going to be trash. He might be a bench player. He hopefully. might not ever play. Hopefully, he'll be a good bench player. That'd be great. You know I'd, be, I'd be really enamored with him if he was a. Hey, hey you can, if you're a bench player on the Knicks, uh, if you're undrafted, you get nine million dollars. So maybe if you're a second rounder, you might get eighteen for not doing anything. So <laughs> as, oh, I don't want to disparage Ron Baker. I like Ron Baker, Sean Baker. He's really into the CW. Guy's a legend. <laughs> but wait, is I just think it's funny, and if you're the same way. With this, hit us up on Twitter at SportBugNYC or me at Pete Kennedy with two Ys. If you're the same way, is that you can unbiased make judgments about the Knicks and their movements and their roster and how they should do. You can do it unbiased and break it down move by move and see the bad in it. But then later on, after you put aside all that BS, can still be like, yo, but the Knicks this year, man, (laughs) they might shock people. I know you're out there. It happens to everyone, so don't feel bad. But let's be real. The Knicks aren't going to be a playoff team this year, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think they deserve us. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter if you, if you feel that same way because it is really a conundrum being a Knicks fan and being a Mets fan when you know you get some hope and you get crushed, but that hope was like drugs, man. It's like it's literally like being a drug <laughs> I'm addicted addict. to preseason hype. Like, yeah, for I'm real. Knicks fans are addicted to the offseason. That's why we like 2K so much. We're like, yo – too bad I can't just send I can fix this. James Dolan can't. Neil Aquino, man. They'll send him to untapped potential. <laughs> then we'll send him to the shooting camp. He's going to be a 90 in year four. <laughs> yeah, we drink the Kool-Aid and also throw it back up at the same time. That's a fair point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So let's talk about Scott Perry, right? So sure. we didn't really talk about it. We just kind of brought him up and said that it's there's no reason for us to believe that it's going to work. But let's talk about him as a person. So if you don't know anything about him, a uh, quick byline is he was in or- he was just in Orlando no, over now. a year ago. Oh. Wait. Was part of a team that got fired in Orlando and then subsequently got a job in Sacramento and was according to sauces <laughs> <laughs> according to sauces. Yeah, I said that right. He was an instrument instrumental part of their draft this year. A draft in which they drafted De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, and Harry Giles. They moved off the 10 pick it turned out to be Zach Collins, if I'm not mistaken, which is looking like a tough pick at this point. He's not going to be ready. Into Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. They brought in veterans like Vince Carter, George Hill, Zach know. Randolph. And apparently he was very big on that with that youth movement, bringing in veteran leadership as well. So that's some of the things that we've heard recently about what Scott Perry's done and why we should be happy about this deal. Also architected the, the early 2000s Pistons teams. Apparently it was instrument, instrumental. Am I saying that word right? Instrumental. Instrumental. What am I saying? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was saying like instrumental. Is that oh, even... Wait. You just sounded dumb, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, man. I'm dumb. Yeah. Jeez Louise. I mean, you, why you said it, I said it, we all said it. Why should anybody listen to me about this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to myself. I'll tell you that I one. I said, for who? For what? <laughs> so, know. how do you feel about this, Scott Perry? Thing? Give me your unbiased and then give me your Knicks fan reaction. Are you asking them or me? I'm asking you. Oh. Um, I was wait- waiting for them. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're being quiet. <laughs> uh, I I like I said before, I hyped myself up. Like I looked at all the good. I I didn't find one bad article to convince myself that it wasn't going to work out. Uh, <laughs> I I like the idea that I like when James Tolan lies to me and says it's a culture change, which is like I I it's you know Steve Mills is still there. Um, and it's and he still plays uh his kazoo. I I'm, I'm I'll I'll tell you how I'll, I'll if I'll be happy or not. I want to see what this Velo trade returns. I think that's what they, they obviously they said it was on the two yard line. Malcolm Butler came in, picked it off. Wow! Did, wait, do you think that joke? I actually made that joke on the internet, like the, the second it happened, and oh, yeah. a million people made it up. Uh, I mean, it, it was it was that that joke was on the two yard line, man. That was that was. An but which two yard line? I don't know. They didn't get intercepted, I guess. But yeah. Anyway, wait, 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 um, go on, continue if you um, want. Your floor is yours. Well, now I lost my train of thought. You cut me off. All right. Well, then we'll then I'll ask you. Fine. A go. I'll ask you a question then. Sure. I'll, I'll get you going again. So, would it make you feel better if Scott Perry, unlike Nick's GM's presidents in recent history, would it help you if he is actually, you know? With the media a little bit and talks oh, about his plans no, and what he's doing. That was because, a huge knock on Phil Jackson because then that's, it, that's really tough for Knicks fans to support a GM or president if they're not hearing yeah. from you ever. 
Like, you know, Sandy Alderson has his quarterly whatever he does. Brian Cashman goes Cashman does it. Every, you know, I mean, Cashman does it too. And Daryl Morey, the guy in Houston who the Knicks are obviously dealing with with this possible trade with Carmelo Anthony, he's on podcast. He talks to the media all the time. And people understand what he's doing. He, they understand that he has a plan. And they understand that he's going to shoot a shot. He's going to take swings. And I think the fans love that. You know what I mean? So if, you, if Phil Jackson was meeting with the media even once a month, and saying, you know what, we're going to try this because this, this, and this. Maybe we'll say, all right, Phil, you're kind of an idiot. But at least then we know he's just being an idiot. But if he said something that made sense, we could we could support it. We need Scott Perry. We need Scott Perry to be act, like open and active with the media because it'll make his life easier and hopefully in turn make the fans' lives easier. Because Knicks fans love to criticize, especially when they don't know if you're doing a good job and they think you're because, done. But the, it's fair to criticize because nobody's telling us what they want to do. What's going on? What's the plan? That's my, so, what so, direction are we going I, in? They need to. They need to. T- I, I want to know that there's a plan here. It's like I, all right. So I watch like the Bulls, right? They have no plan. Like they 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 figure they try to figure it out move by move and say maybe this will work maybe this will work maybe we'll sign Rondo maybe we'll get rid of Jimmy Butler a year after we already put him on the trademark and get no value for him and I will tell you this one of my uh, coworkers is a Chicago guy yeah born and raised a Chicago Bulls fan and the fan base feels exactly like yeah, they, they hate him yeah Garpacks they hate mm-hmm. they hate the front office over there so I, I mean I, I've never heard Steve Mills actually speak uh, Phil Jackson didn't have what do you have one press conference since he was well, the three years he was here. He had like one a year. Yeah, and, and and then random interviews with like only select journalists that he likes. <laughs> and, and so that's another thing though too is like when you don't when you don't speak to the media, the media knows that you're not going to defend yourself, so they'll just start talking about you, and then it's like a vicious cycle. They'll, they'll, they start assuming this and that, and then and then the makes fans you sound bad. You try to defend yourself, you make it worse. So that's what was happening. So when the fan, when the fans get only one side of it. And they're assuming that when they're getting attached to all these this negative stuff, the fans only assume that it's coming from them. And so then they put all their hate on this one person, and then everyone hates them, and then nothing they do is going to work out for them. And they're under all this pressure. Wait, think about this for a second. I have a, I have a little like tidbit here. So one of the things that happened, and one of these like storylines you heard about with Phil Jackson was, he's not trying. He doesn't want this job. He's literally here well, for he the money. Well, right, he but wait. He was trying to get fired. So how, think about, let's think about how that storyline came about. He wouldn't talk to the media. No one knew what his plan was. And he was unreachable by all people. So he had no plan. Right. Okay, fine. Besides the point, though. Besides the point. Sorry, the point is that he, with him. <laughs> the point is that he was unop- like unavailable to the media. So the media started saying, does Phil even care about this job? Does Phil want to be here? Does Phil have a plan? I bet you he was only in this for the money. I bet you he only took this job for all those millions. He doesn't care about this. So that's a storyline that got... Brought up solely by the fact that he wouldn't talk to the media. Because if he talked to the media and said, yeah, you know, we're looking at this, we're trying to do that, people would never jump to that conclusion that he's literally here to get fired. But he was. And we can we are open to assume that because we don't know better. We don't know because he didn't tell us. I just And even when James Dolan said, ask Phil, ask Phil, ask Phil, that was his chance to say, I'm here, I'm doing this, we're trying to go in this direction, we're looking forward to this draft, you know? It would be easy for him to sell that he's trying to do something. It's easy for anybody. You gotta just go and talk to people. Why are you closing yourself off? You're not there. You're not like Bill Belichick pulling strings that people think exist. You haven't made anything that worked yet. <laughs> you need to be open. So Scott Perry, I know you're listening. I I've, I've heard. I already, we always have a listener in Sacramento, so I knew. I assume it's Scott Perry. <laughs> they were. It seems like all the San Francisco fans are actually really upset that they lost him. Um, the Sacramento fans. Yeah, um, all three of them. Um, remember, <laughs> remember when um, the boogie trade was here and we broke it? Yeah. Uh, and I. Well, I wouldn't say we broke it. But I, I kind of. We covered I it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And uh, I was the only person in the world saying, "Wow, they, they actually that was a really good trade. They're, they're going to end up on the good side of that." And it remains to be seen, but they got. Uh, it's looking like they're going to get screwed by that because those picks that Sacramento had, plus the fact that when Boogie's a free agent, let's be real, he might just be like, "I'm out of here." Most I'm gonna go play with John Wall in Washington. Most so, likely, yeah. Let's go well, uh, to the Knicks. We'll oh, come yeah, to the Knicks right. because and that's the new thing is now we have Scott Perry, so he's gonna be a free agent draw. He's gonna be, he's gonna see the culture. And he might know Boogie. No, he wasn't there with Boogie. Was I'm already doing Damn, it in my close, head. Though. I'm You're already close. doing it in my head. Well, wait, let's go back to the Knicks. That was funny. So as you heard earlier, it's actually Sunday night right now. For you, it is Monday morning while you're listening to this podcast. Maybe Tuesday. Depends on your viewing habits. But let's go back to the NBA All-Star break. And after the All-Star game, we did a podcast, Alec and I, like we did on Sunday nights all the time. We finish it up, nice 45, 50-minute podcast. All of a sudden, we look at our phone. We're playing a game of 2K or something. 
Boogie Cousins traded to the Pelicans. And we're like, God damn it. We just finished. We got to do another one. How are we not going to cover this? And we didn't talk about it. We didn't even react yet. We like literally, let's just wing it. Turn back turn back uh, the recorder on and we'll, we'll get to it. And I didn't know what your reaction was going to be. And you said, oh my God, I can't believe this trade. It's a horrible trade. I assumed you would first say, can't believe the Kings got rid of Boogie. And you were like, Kings won this trade. I said, what? Didn't make any sense at first. And then I started thinking about it. All rookie second team. Then I started to think about it. started to make a little more sense. People were like, oh, the Pelicans are going to be a playoff team. Pelicans will be a playoff team. All of a sudden, they couldn't win a game. And it already looked like you were correct on that one. Uh, so shout out to you. you know, I hate when I tell you you're right. Like the, but, like, yeah, like that's pretty much right. every assessment I've ever had on this podcast is actually from Trip. I think it's only because I haven't done a podcast with you in like two months, so I'm still feeling good about this right now. I think it's probably if just we're going you're back a hot take guy like Connor Coward, and I'm actually just someone who has like a firm grasp on reality. <laughs> I think yeah. that's more likely the case. Well, I mean, I don't remember my specific reaction to that trade, so I might have not been too far off. I, don't know. I might have said it was a lose lose if I remember correctly. Yeah, it ended up being a win, win lose, win lose, a lose win. Oh, that's what I wanted to say before. You probably don't want to talk about it, but that that trade, that Quintana trade, the, which is oh, always, yeah. bring it up, bring it up. It's always cool to see. In case you guys don't know, uh, Jose Quintana, uh, who was the ace of the White Sox under team control, young guy, actually part of the Yankees farm system. They gave him up because they had no room for him. Um, but he, uh, they traded him to the Cubs for one of the best hitting prospects in baseball, outfield prospect, um, uh, Eloy Jimenez. Um, among three other good prospects, so it's 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 one of those rare win win I think because Quintana even though he was having a down year and he had a great start today for his first start twelve Ks a change a change of scenery can be good for somebody sometimes especially when it's like two blocks away right <laughs> it's, not, it's actually not too much of a change of scenery they're still seeing like the bean and you know that's true yeah uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't put that one in pretty no, perspective you, <laughs> I'm too quick I'm too quick man you're right but um that. My biggest thing, though, is that – and the Cubs, I still don't think it's a very good team. It helps them out a lot. They'll probably end up winning the division because the Brewers are trash in real life. Um, but that farm system with the White Sox is ridiculous. Three years from now, maybe four, when all the pro- – like they're going to start coming up peppered in over the next year or two. That team is going to be unreal. They're – like their haul that they've gotten for the Adam Eaton trade, the Chris Sale trade – uh, the uh, now the Quintana trade on an already pretty deep farm system, and with already young people like Jose Abreu. So are you saying there. like pure? He's not that young because he's a little older for a rookie, but still. Uh, so you're saying like basically pure he's odds. Twenty six years old when they're all coming up, like like Stalin Castro and Hideo Gorias are. They look the veterans like that helps the team. Like that's good to have people like that. That's true. Uh, so are you basically saying you heard it here first? The White Sox are gonna be dope in three years. Yeah, they're gonna have a dynasty. Wow. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're calling me a hot take guy. That, nah, You're that, calling the Chicago White Sox a dynasty in three years. You got you got Yon Mankato, who's the who's the best uh, prospect in baseball. You have Eloy Jimenez now. You have Mike G, uh, uh, Lucas Giolito that they got from the Nationals. They got All right. a Michael Kopic. This is enough. That's enough. Sorry, That's man. nerd. I, That's I, legit nerd talk. You get mad at me sometimes for my, my NBA nerd. And that was some pure MLB Sorry, nerd talk right I'm there. I'm really excited. That was pretty cool, though. So maybe like any if any of those guys are actually really good. We can just like pull this out, date it, and you can be like, "Look, I'm really cool, and I got this right." I'm definitely not the first person to say it. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not the first person to say it. Well, I guess you're not the only MLB. Yankees, Braves, and White Sox. Look for them in three years to be the teams. Wow. And the Astros. The Astros aren't going anywhere for a long time. And obviously the Mets too, because they're just always right there, right? Well, the, they'll have a really <laughs> good Triple A team because they're never going to call up any of their prospects. Oh God, Ahmed Rosario, Triple A Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's a thing. That probably is. No, actually. it's just the Baseball Hall of Fame. If you make it as a minor leaguer, I mean, you must have no, something it's crazy. Like, but like high school sports, like or like like the like the New York Hall of Fame, like sports Hall of Fame, like they have things like that. Let's yeah, sure. He ain't in the NBA Hall of Fame. He's definitely in the New York. There, there is no such thing as the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not. Okay. It's just the Basketball Hall of Fame. Okay, dude. Serious. Your college matters. Your college career matters. International career matters. Like Manu Ginobili, if he was just oh, an really? NBA player, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, probably in. But he's one hundred percent in because of his. Is that why gold every, medal for Argentina is, in two thousand four? Is that why everyone in history gets into the Hall of Fame in, the, in basketball? Like. Melo's not really a Hall of Famer. Melo absolutely is. No, I'm saying in any other sport, but in basketball, he's 100% a Hall of Famer. He's no, and his NBA career warrants Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think. I think so. I, I mean, look, look, the Hall, you look the at the Hall of Fame. He's one of really good Pete. He's one of the many times he's been on All NBA teams. He's all really good. All Star every year. I mean, which means nothing. The NBA All Star. Realistically, so is Chris Paul a surefire Hall of Famer? 
No. Well, I don't think he is. He absolutely is. But there's so few people. He, he wasn't that good in college, but him and Melo are kind of comparable at this point. Chris Paul's been in the playoffs more, but he hasn't won more in the playoffs. Loses every year. I think Chris Paul's more deserving than Melo is. Yeah, well, either way. I think they're both deserving. So, we'll see. I don't Whatever. Know. This is not a topic for right now. We just got I a just little curious. tangent. This is Sports Blog New York Podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy here with Alec Argento. So, dude. Sports Blog New York Podcast can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple Google Play. But you probably know that since you're listening at this very moment. But what you might not know is that you can get a great discount by using discount code SBNY at WooterApparel.com for a purchase on any customized uniforms and apparel, bags, hats, football jerseys, basketball jerseys, baseball, golf, lacrosse, everything you can uh, think of, any design you could imagine, and that's Wooter Apparel. Check them out. Check them out. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Wooter Apparel and at WooterApparel.com. Do you want to talk about this Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor thing? Because I kind of don't. I hate um, UFC people. They're the worst. UFC fans? Yeah, they're the worst. Why? You hate they're them? They're so annoying because they're all like nerds. You've got to start with and are really into it nowadays. Dude, you just like spewed out four baseball prospects before. That's pretty <laughs> nerd worthy. <laughs> Can't argue that. I watched, I've watched a combined 16 <laughs> hours of NBA Summer League. That's nerd worthy. We're all nerds in our own ways. You can't get mad. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like new sports. My, I was never really a new sport kind of guy. So you're just like uh, I'm not getting rid of these pairs of shoes, mom. They're mine from when I was a kid. Like I don't kinda. want to throw them out. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's the, the fair point, but it is true <laughs> that that is the kind of person. Do you have a really big closet with a lot of shoes that don't fit or you don't wear anymore? Well, my feet change every year. Sometimes they go up. Sometimes they go down. What? Yeah. No, well, they don't. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they might. <laughs> One day they might. So. You hate UFC <laughs> fans because they're like, man, this no, sport is cool. They're, they're WWF like, fans. That's what they are. The UFC are fans or WWF fans because UFC is so storyboard driven. It's so it's your character and like who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. That's what's bo- That's what boxing's mix- missing though. That's what boxing used to have. But I never liked. I, it's just it's so contrived and artificial for me. It's like I have no interest in the storylines. I want to see a good fight and like. It's not going to be a good fight. It's going to be a really. Bad I think people fight. forget about that. No, it's, people see the. This is this is the same thing. Let's let's throw them in the bu- in the bucket with Knicks fans sure. and Jets fans because That's fair. this the fans of this Conor McGregor Mayweather fight are like, oh, this is going to be a horrible fight. Like Floyd's going to not get touched. He's going to beat the crap out of him. It's going to go. He's not going to beat the crap out of him. He's just he's, well, he's, whatever. He's going to win. He's going to win. It's not going to be close. But then they then they start saying. Oh, but this is really fun. Like, what if Connor gets a couple of hits in? They're just like Knicks fans. Or the it's like the Cavs and the Warriors. It was like the Cavs and the Warriors this year. Everyone wants it to be more even, so they're going to say that it is. That's exactly what I said the first night I did it. I made that. that did you listen to the podcast? No. I did. I did a podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Where I I tried something different. I uh, I haven't done it since. I did like seven uh, topics in seven minutes. So I did seven like for seven. Seven for seven. Yeah, it's like everybody's watching it nowadays. Uh, but I did like seven p- p- topics in seven minutes, and I said a good analogy is Cavs Warriors McGregor Mayweather for exactly what you just said. Everyone was like, "Oh, the Warriors are going to win this," but if the Cavs win Game One and LeBron's going off exactly. and Kyrie hits big shots, maybe they're going to they're going to hang. But we're like, "Oh, but the Warriors are going to run away with this," and it's the same thing that's happening here, except this one has become personal. It has become immature. It has become vulgar. It has. It's, become it's ridiculous. They like each other. They're like friends. They just want it for money. And how many how many times throughout all these press conferences they can acknowledge that they're just doing it for money? Like, which is fine. That's cool. But don't try to like you know feed, feed me dog crap and tell me it's you know lobster. Like, it's <laughs> it, I just like I, I know it's going to be a bad fight because I know that a. Every I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty I, I I've been a pretty good boxing fan for a vast majority of my life. Have you though? I have. If you look right there, there's a Riddick Bow autograph signed uh, uh, boxing glove in my basement right here. That's that seems for, like a, that seems like a really convenient for, problem former, that you just happen to have for, in your basement. Former heavyweight champ. Um. Anyway, it, I paid for a lot of Mayweather fights in my life, and they're always hard. over on the four. Uh, Push over, 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 yeah. Whoa. Uh, my brother was always a big uh, boxing fan. Oh, yeah, so, anyway, real convenient so, <laughs> for this guess, argument that you're making. I guess. Um, <laughs> but Mayweather, every fight I've ever watched with him is so not fun to watch. He's very good at what he does, but he's not a fun boxer. He's never been a fun boxer. Uh, even McGregor says like, he hasn't knocked someone out in 20 years. He's he's 41 years old. Who, right, right. Who, he broke onto the scene in the 90s. Like, yeah, he's old. <laughs> Money Mayweather. Who is broke now? Because <laughs> he isn't paying his taxes. Um, is forty-one years old, 
is a technical boxer and is fighting someone who's never boxed professionally before in an amateur fight. That's because this isn't sanctioned. But what about that sounds? If you just see that objectively, what about that sounds appealing to you? And then you get the personalities involved, and that's what people like. People like the personalities. It's not about the actual fight. I don't. I'm not watching Days of Our Lives. I want to watch a good boxing match. It's not going. Can to. I play Devil's Advocate? No. Oh, weird that people want to play Devil's Advocate. That's what I do. I do Devil's Advocate when I have a guest on because you need to be challenged. I can't just sit out here. No, let's agree with each other for like an hour. So we should just do what Twitter does. You just find your own circle. And yeah, you that's, what that's, uh, yeah. What, that's what my Twitter is. Should we call this podcast the Sports Echo Chamber <laughs> where we just one. always agree That'd with each other? One. That's That'd not that bad. <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll put that one on the list. <laughs> we'll put that on the list. But uh, <laughs> this is what I think um, people who are fans of this fight are saying right now listening to this. If like someone really is into this fight and they just heard that rant by you – Oh, I hope this fight is awesome because like, <laughs> I hope McGregor like knocks him out. I can just shut all these people up who are hating on this fight, uh, and they're just gonna pray and pray. It's gonna be a crappy fight. Also, and you're also, still gonna get the last lap. Oh, the fact that there's two, these are two just bad people. Like, yes, like two really bad human beings. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's another thing that nobody's talking about. Yeah, I mean it is it is ridiculous, and people are talking about it a little bit. But it's still getting all the coverage. Like, that's still, the real problem. Maybe they're still bringing home a $100 million purse. Oh. Like, <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I think it's uh, going to get old, and it's going to get old quick. Like um, he did? Well, like <laughs> like he, he did physically? Like, yeah, like Floyd actually is old. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something before. Sorry, I'll just keep going. I was going to play devil's advocate. I have another what was point. I going to do? I don't know, but I have another point. Come on. You know, every, me off. Everyone is saying that... I'm mad at you. I'm sorry, but deal with it. Uh, <laughs> everyone's saying, like, you know, this this could really affect Mayweather's reputation. It's an amateur fight. It doesn't go against... Oh, wait, I remember. I remember. Hold on, let me finish. All right, you go. It doesn't go against his record. Mayweather has lost amateur fights before. doesn't go on his professional record. He's not going to be 49-1. He's still going to be 49-0 until McGregor gets sanctioned for the rematch. Oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even know that. It's not sanctioned. It's not WBC sanctioned. Oh, who knew? It's not a professional fight. It's an amateur fight because... Uh, because uh, McGregor is not a professional boxer. It's going to be horrible. All right, so, so I have a question now. Sorry. So this is my devil's advocate question for you. Sure. Okay? This is how maybe it can be good for boxing. Sure. Not every boxer is this ridiculous personality so good or so bad like these two are. But what if they learn a little trick of the trade on how to promote fights through this and to make a spectacle? And then the people who are actually good fighters who boxing fans – will defend uh, to their grave that there's still good boxing going on. I don't know. I don't it's really not good boxing I don't either. care about boxing. But say a yeah, boxing guy suck. say a boxing guy, they learn to promote themselves a little better. Some of these new fights like whatever, Triple G versus Canelo, is that a thing that's like soon or something like that? Uh, say they learn they get a pr- trick of the trade for promotion and they get this uh, fight hyped up and they continue to do that. Kind of from this model. Does that make it? Well, worth it? they actually invented that. I mean, yeah, remember Don what if they bring yeah. it back? What if yeah, they bring yeah. it back and get some momentum because of this fight? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I, that's my devil's I, advocate. I question. guess I, I, I don't think, care I think about boxing's it dead, and I don't think it's coming back. Um, even I uh, have fallen off in recent years. Um, but I, <laughs> you're talking like even I, well, I'm just boxing guy. I'll, I'll, yeah, has I'm, fallen I'm, off. For a I don't, I don't mean it like that. I, <laughs> I just mean as someone who is. A little bit more than casual. You got one boxing glove in your house, and you think you're all that? I used to go. I, I go to the Golden Gloves every year. I go. Uh, I, I've gone to very major uh, major fights at the Madison Square Garden. All right, you're just gonna keep sick bragging on me. What is going on? Here? Know, what is your connection to boxing right now? Are they paying you too? Yes, and Wooter Apparel. <laughs> and you still don't want to use your one stop shop for Wooterness. For and you still won't use the discount code SPNY. No, well, because I want them to get all the money that they deserve. I don't want to take money off the, out of their pocket. That's true. Why would I do that? I would, you know yeah. what? I respect your hustle, actually. It's kind of like if you really like an artist. And Wooter, if and you, you want can the listen side to it free on Spotify, like you buy it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I love... I can't, I can't even say Jay-Z because of stupid title. I don't <laughs> even know what you're talking about. Jay-Z I, has an album. You I know. Can I, don't, free, but you I, don't, I don't know I don't anything know. about it, man. I didn't... I picked a bad example. He's only on title. I should have said anybody else. Who is Jay-Z? Do you have an album? Uh, Vital? I met Mitch album track? I don't even know what that means. You don't know who Mitch Album is? I have no idea what you're saying. Award-winning journalist. He wrote Tuesdays at Maury's. No? Breakfast what? At Tiffany's? Tuesdays at Maury's? You never heard of... Dinner with Andre? Detroit. <laughs> a sports writer for a long time. Like, oh my God, he's probably won people. Why don't you do a Twitter poll on how many people you're listening to? If you know who Mitch Album is, just tweet at me, at P. Kennedy. Sounds like Two Wise. Mitch Album, the writer from Detroit. He wrote great books. Uh, the Five People You Meet in Heaven. No, nothing. Oh man, Who I'm knows? not a big reader. 
I guess you are. You read the book for the show American Gods on Showtime. No, I this is the audiobook. You told me you read the book. That's just a lie. Oh, yeah, it's probably trying to sound cooler. Wow. It wasn't so first you, you uh, threw out a sick brag about your one boxing glove. <laughs> and now you're trying to say that you don't read books, you just listen to audiobooks. Also, Rick Bo just happened to be in a place. He's like very poor. And I got that thing. He was just signing it like on the side of the street. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Yeah, former heavyweight champ. All right, I'm going to put a poll out. Who do you know, Mitch Album or this boxer guy? That's going to be a bad poll because you might not get any responses on it. People are just going to say third option. You guys are dumb. All of the above. All right. Well, I'm done talking about this fight because this is what happens. No, you're not. No, you won't. No, you're going to fall for the trap. For right now. You're going to pay the money. You're going to do the Mayweather trap where you pay the money to go watch a horrible fight and you hype yourself up and say, this is going to be the one. It's going to be super exciting. Just like the last one with Pacquiao and Mayweather. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I totally... I did not that. I didn't I inten- care. I intentionally forgot that they were both really old and Pacquiao, was, uh, this fight should have happened 10 years ago, but it didn't. And then I'll just like, oh, I'll, I'll hype myself up and then it'll be miserable as always. And then I, I'm, I'm so angry that I wasted $100 plus to go watch this at a bar or something like that. That's my, that's my point though. Even the people like us who are hating on it and are tired of it and don't want to hear it, we're still sitting here talking about know, it. They, they got my money. They got us. They, got they, already got, they got everybody. They got everybody by the freaking... I don't know. They got him by the ear. They're pulling him through the streets. The Strangers in a Solid Shooter. Um, Continue. (laughs) That's it, man. That's all I got. You got anything else to talk about? Because we've gone 45 minutes. We've already touched on a lot of stuff. I want to touch on the Knicks. We talked about the Knicks. We can maybe talk about NBA a little more if you want. You want to talk about tennis? I I, I couldn't care less about it, but I feel like that was a big thing that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wimbledon happened over the past week and a half. Sure did. Absolutely. Uh, We had Djokovic go down with injury. We had Nadal get... um, Injured as well, I believe. And Andy Murray, the number one at the time, lose to a USA American, Sam Query, which was a fantastic match that I actually watched. And after all this, standed one man, and one man who standed, we can say stood stood one man, <laughs> standed one man. I'm going back to a double down. Go for it. Was Roger Federer, another Grand Slam title for him. I know you don't really like tennis too much, but this dude. Goes into the bucket of greatest athletes of all time. You know when they like, like ESPN will do so stupid crap like that. Like you, you bring I up saw, that name. I saw. You bring I saw up that name. ESPN did that the other day with Joey Chestnut. That, that's the most. <laughs> that, it was like most championships won, and like Joey Chestnut was. One. It was like Bill Russell and, and like uh, isn't like that Barra, I mean, at least Joey Chestnut. Of at course, least tennis is like a like legit. It's an athletic sport. Yeah, I know. It's 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 super it's super athletic. It's super difficult, but that's. If you don't really care about if most people, I don't know. You know what I want to say about tennis? It's hard for me to put it in there. If you don't get behind like a guy or two, it's really hard to like. Because realistically, I like tennis a little bit. Like I'm not saying I watch every right. day and I watch every tournament. But if I'm available, I'll, I'll check it out, right? But if it's not like Federer, Murray, uh, Rafael Nadal, Djokovic, just a couple of random guys I like, like Juan Martin Del Potro or whatever, an American guy, Did you I don't really get in. Did you say an accent on purpose? Did I say it with like an accent? Little, at all? You like you rolled your R's there. You like you try to show off a little bit. Oh, you're talking about Juan Martin del Potro? It's like when Alex tripped on Bar- Bar- Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you. I'm woke on you. Nah, I actually do like Juan Martin. He's pretty nice. He's huge. He's like a huge. It's pronounced Juan Martin. Uh, whatever his last del Potro. name. Del Potro. Del Potro. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Wimbledon was cool. It was really weird though. The guy Chilik, who was facing off Federer for the championship had like a legitimate breakdown. You'll probably be seeing it because uh, it was bizarre, to say the least, that he got an injury, got checked up by the trainer, and her doctor had to get called, and he had a weird uh, moment on the on the court at Wimbledon. Well, do you have anything uh, you want to talk about? Last thing? No, Last I, words? I, I went on like five rants. Oh, um, I actually, I'm happy I went on rants because I, 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 I was watching the 30 for 30 on uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, anybody in the New York area who was over the age of, I don't know, it's like 20, you probably grew up in the listening with your dad in the car, like or listening on your way to work. Like they were That's assuming that you know your dad loves you. Well, my my parents got divorced. Now I have four dads. Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I forgot about that. People forget about yeah. that. Feel, uh, feel bad for Alec. So, um, <laughs> but I was watching that. I just I, like they invented sports radio and the, like the rants that they used to go on, like. 
when Mad Dog would would just uh, go on on uh, San Francisco Giant rants, and I'm, I I feel honored to even just um, do the same thing that he was doing for all those times. So you guys should go watch that thirty for thirty. Brought some memories back. Uh, you said it could have been a little longer, a little, little bit a little more longer. in depth. And I but think, you enjoyed yeah. it. But you enjoyed it. Yeah, but it, I, I I mean, and it's it's such a great story, and I feel like they didn't touch on so much of it. Well, I mean, I didn't watch it, and I plan to, but. I also do know that the Michael K show is the best show. Michael K was for, on it because he recognizes uh, the princess as the god. Yeah, right. Sports book. All, all he's been yeah. doing is crapping on him. Do you he, hear him lately? Yeah. Oh, on the 30 for 30. Yeah. He and has. He said, and he was saying how He's great. a good guy. Yeah. I like Michael K. I don't really like Francesa, but I recognize what he did was incredible. Oh, absolutely. Like, like you know, when you just do something that nobody else has done for so long and unabashedly ignorant on everything you've ever said ever <laughs> <laughs> and get away with it and people love so you so arrogant and just oh. hanging up on people and calling them stupid and I, they, they had they had a clip there and I forgot about this he, him and him, him and Chris Russo were interviewing A-Rod and were just telling A-Rod like they were on either side of A-Rod just telling him straight out that like you don't belong here it's not a good marriage between you and the Yankees you don't like them they don't like you and you just see A-Rod's face just dead just like I want to murder these two people, and it lasted for like fifteen minutes. That face, because they telecast it on on Yes Network. It was one brutal. of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, and I forgot about it. Go watch that thirty for thirty, and then do yourself a favor and go watch YouTube clips of that Michael the Mad Dog and just Mike Francis alone. Since then, you can just go down that rabbit hole. That's what I did uh, over the past couple of days. That's nice. That's a good homage to a New York sports radio legend. But how do you feel as a New York sports radio enthusiast that? Michael K. Show is closing the gap this past quarter on Mike Francesa. How do I care about ratings? Neither I'm show, just saying. Neither show's going away. I mean, well, Francesa's... Francesa is actually going away. But Michael K. said, he's quoted an article saying that if Mike Francesa started today, he would never make it. I agree. He will, not that he would never make it. He would never, what be, that, what he would never be number one. What does that mean? I don't know. He hasn't aged well, in my opinion. He, People he, still love him, he, If it wasn't for Mike Francesa, Michael K. wouldn't have that job. All right, touche. He created that job that you have now. I, I don't, that I'm aspiring to get over here. Yeah, that's of course. Well, you really, you really can't hate on Mike Francesa from Michael Case. I can hate on him as a fan because I don't like how he presents himself. Michael K has no right complaining of Mike Francesa. He just sounds like a like a sore loser every time he does. It. I think so. It's, it's always annoyed me that he brings it up all. The, he brings it up a lot. You're right. I mean, especially since the recent ratings came out, and I saw on Twitter a lot of people did feel the same way as you. What is but it? But there were plenty what of people. Six thousand to one. Other like, side now. Yeah, exactly. It's so, the first time ever. So, he made and he's up. retiring in a month and a half. Like, <laughs> very who cares? true. Well, hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This is the Sports Block New York podcast. My name is Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento. If you enjoyed this episode and you like what you have been hearing, don't forget, please, to go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple Google Play, and leave a little rating or review. It takes just you know thirty seconds to a minute of your time. Drop in some stars. Tell us what you think, what you like to hear, what you like to hear more of. But we appreciate every single listener. We appreciate people who give us feedback. I enjoy doing this podcast. I know Alec enjoys being here as well. So thank you for keep coming at, keep coming back for more, because we're going to keep giving you more content. Again, Sports Blog New York Podcast, Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento, signing out for today. Have a good week.